0: I know it's the early morning, you know, on the Pacific Coast with my guy 8 a.m., but you know, Raw Mind has to bring you an exclusive, because sometimes I do come on this early, but look, hey, it is what it is, but before we start, I have two intros for you. The first one is, because this is an all-49er podcast, I know some of the viewers, it is what it is, but here goes the first one, but then I'm going to bring you the second one. <laughs> Raw awesome. sauce for the night is talk. awesome. <laughs> but for other people, I'm gonna give them the regular uh intro. Here we go, one more time. <laughs> You're on time to talk sports with raw mom game day. Who plays with updates of all kinds? Who fresh box To sideline? Who got cut? Who got signed? Who's clutch when it's crunch time? The starting lineup for the pines These ass Compete someone without even trying. If you want a championship, you gotta grind. When them bright lights shine and this game go nine, they gon' cover the story not quite like rhyme. Exclusive interviews, dudes plug like Mike Line. He's got the inside scoop of why who got fun Prime time got the game statistics i could say if you wasn't at the game you missed it but now raw mind sports covers the distance front row that's close like a coach's assistant you want to be in the know eyes open and listen this is raw mind sports another edition
1: we're here Be pumped up man Get me pumped <laughs> up.
0: Hey, then welcome to Raw Mind Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Jones, and I got none other than my guy, John Chapman of the 49ers Rush Podcast. Believe me, this guy can tell you the ins, the outs, the loops, anything you need to know about the 49ers. This is your guy out of California. He knows what it is, and he can give you the inside scoop right away. So, John, introduce yourself. How are you doing this
1: morning? Man, I'm doing great. I'm a morning guy, so you know I just dropped my son off at school. Uh, I'm good to go, ready to talk Niners almost all day, and man, what a great time. We're about five weeks before the draft, free agency's kind of slowing down a little bit. Pro days are right around the corner. This is such a fun time, and the NFL has done an amazing job at forcing the talking points to be year-round, and I'm thankful as a content creator, and I'm pumped to be on here with you today, Ryan. Man, I'm excited. Man,
0: man, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. So with that being said, uh, let's talk about the one of the key additions. Hargrave got four years, 84 million, but 40 million guaranteed at signing. Can you like tell me like what is your your take on that? Was it a
1: steal or, or not? It made no sense. And what I mean by that is usually the best teams in the nfl which i consider the 49ers right three out of four years in the nfc championship so they made the final four three out of four times the best teams usually don't get the most expensive best players i didn't think hargrave was even a possibility heading into free agency but good lord um niners came out swinging and and even hargrave said the same thing in one of his interviews he said i was shocked he's like how hard they were coming after me he's like usually i thought it was going to be you know, I'd have to go to a, a a bad team to get this type of money, this type of deal. But the Niners honed in on him, targeted him, did not waver, and made I would argue the biggest splash in free agency of any team in the NFL with the Hargrave signing.
0: Yeah, for me, um, and you're right. So with me, I want to make sure I'm getting this correct, and I might be wrong. So they gave him 40 million at signing, meaning that the rest of his years is based on incentives. The Since they gave him 40 million guaranteed, and that was at signing.
1: So, usually what happens is the guaranteed and the signing bonus, those are two different things. The signing bonus gets spread out over the length of the contract. So, for example, he signed a four year deal. He had a 23 million signing bonus, right? Okay. So, that 23 million gets spread out over four years. So, just under 6 million per year, a cap hit wise. So, he gets that as soon as he signs. But now the rest of the guaranteed, that's going to come in with, um, salary per game salary and workout bonuses and all that kind of stuff. So those guarantees, he doesn't get it right away. Um, But next year and the following year, those are going to filter in. So he got 23 million right on the dot as soon as he signed, which, you know, that's you and me money, Ryan. That's what we're used to, right? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And so he got paid, man. And I'm happy he did. He's a hell of a player.
0: So now we had the D line. You have Air On, state of healthy. Javon Kinlaw should be back. You have Nick Bosa, who's still waiting for his big payday, and that's a guy I want to kind of discuss too, which I end up forgetting about discussing or whatever earlier because I call raw thoughts. Raw thoughts is unscripted, so you're gonna get what you get here on um, people. So love it, love it. How, how, how do you feel about? Do you think he gets paid this year, this offseason? season, and what is your your range per year for Nick Bosa?
1: I think they're gonna have to pay him this year, um, just in order to keep the cap manageable for this year. So, for example, they already picked up Nick Bosa's fifth-year option, which I think is around $18 million or so, $19 million, uh cap hit-wise. So once they redo his deal, that $19 million cap hit for 2023 this year will go down about $10 million. So you'll be able to save a considerable amount of money against the cap this year. But the 49ers have already set the precedent on this. You look at Fred Warner. You look at Debo. You look at Kittle. They do these extensions as soon as camp starts. They don't do it before the draft. So, right, right, right. Bosa's going to get his deal done, but not until in July, early August. Right. Um, And I'm going to say, I think he's going to get close to forty million per year. Woo, woo! I think it's going to be a lot. I think it's going to be a lot. So, so who? But I mean,
0: he's well deserving of it. But forty million is like you're right. They do do those deals during training camp during the summer, they always do that, which was kind of shocking for me to see Debo, like, hold out so early because this is the norm, I guess, you know, before you go into that. Um, And that's
1: why the Niners do it because, well, Nick Bosa's not – like, you're not letting Bosa go, right? You're not letting that do it out of your building. But if you could show future players – look, this is what we did with Kittle, Warner, Debo, and Nick – We're not doing that. If you're going to get paid, it's going to be this time. This is what we do, so we're not doing that holdout crap. And it's a huge leveraging point as well because if the draft has already come and gone, it's almost impossible to trade players. So it's the 49ers kind of saying, oh, man, we would trade you, but we kind of can't because we're not going to get any draft capital back this year. It's too late for that, so sorry about that. you got to kind of sign this deal. Like it's it's yeah business but it's working for the Niners pretty well. And they're paying their people. And they are, and I
0: agree with that. They're definitely paying all their people because – and another thing they're doing is very, very smart is what people haven't seen that the 49ers have done to, to gain leverage is the restructuring of contracts. And these guys are agreeing to it. So it's telling you that these guys are buying in. Because some players may say, look, I don't want restructuring. I want my money. You know, yeah. but by, by, by seeing like Warner, I think Kittle got his restructuring on um, Somebody else got his as Charvarius
1: Ward, Fred yeah. Warner. Those are the two big ones. There's possibilities they could do Armstead. Um, I don't think they're going to, but there's a possibility they could. And, yeah, you're right. And From a 49ers standpoint, restructures are good because it lowers their cap hit now. But if you're not going to have a player around for at least three years, restructures are a bad idea. So whenever you're doing Charvarius Ward, when you're doing Fred Warner, you're going to have them around for three or more years then I think it's good financial business for the club. Um, and, you know, I'm all for anybody getting money. I I like to celebrate. So I love to see people get paid. So, so how do you feel about our turnover Um, when it comes to the D-line? Like
0: every year, Chris Curte, our D-tackle coach, always has a huge turnover in D-tackles and brings guys right in. Guys, I ain't going to lie, some of them like no names. Like they got a guy coming in today from the Detroit Lions coming in for a visit. And I'm saying, like, who is this guy? But well, he turns these guys into mean machines, and then they leave, they get paid. But do you like his way of being able to turn these guys who teams may not want into real right. studs under his um Go ahead.
1: Man, it, it's interesting – Because the way that the 49ers do it, it almost has to happen this way because you're paying top end guys. And so, with the salary cap, you cannot have everybody being a top paid guy. And so, whenever you look at Kyle Yuschek, Trent Williams, you know, just go on and on. There's a lot of top tier contracts on this team. You have to have value deals somewhere else. So, the 49ers value the defensive line more than any other position. So, you got to get bargain deals. And you know, you talked about Kerry Hyder, Cleveland Farrell, who you brought in this year, and I mean, Arden Key, Charles Aminahue, Jordan Willis, all these guys. The 49ers made a conscious decision saying, We want Hargrave over Samson Ebukam, who started last year, right. Charles Aminahue, who was like a next starter, like the fifth defensive lineman, and yeah. Jordan Willis. So you took Hargrave at 21 million. Against those three defensive ends and the, the numbers almost bear out pretty dang close. Like it was a conscious decision, this or that. And they went after the home run swing and Hargrave. So now you're going to have to piece together guys like Cleveland, Farrell guys like Drake Jackson, who you drafted last year going to definitely be another draft pick as well in the mix, <clears throat> but you don't have a choice. You cannot sign everybody to a top contract and they chose Hargrave over these other guys. Yeah, and before I go back, a um, shout-out to
0: my um, sponsor. The sponsor for this show is provided by Essential Collections by Monica Ritz. Her website is www.essential, dot site. Use the promo code RAWMIND. That's right. Use the promo code RAWMIND, and you get a 15% discount. Handmade products, bath products, facial products, products for kids, products for children, all by, by her bare hands. Very authentic. Very good. Very great pricing and all this. It even has cab packages for you as well. So use the promo code Raw My Essential Collections. Now I'm gonna go back to Drake Dak, Jackson. The reason why I'm gonna say Drake Jackson didn't play because of Samson Ebicon and the many who last year because they used to sit him out, rotate him in out for certain games. Does Drake Jackson take that big leap this season?
1: I think he has to. I think he has to. Um, you look at the competition right now, it's just him and Cleveland Farrell. There's nobody else out there. Like the defensive tackle is stacked. You got six guys on the roster currently. You look at the defensive end spot, it's Bosa, it's Drake Jackson, it's Cleveland Farrell. That's it. You got to add more guys. You got 61 guys currently signed on a 90 man roster. So you're adding 29 more right now. Drake Jackson has to be the guy. I think that they are going to bring in another free agent signing in in the next uh, couple days, cheaper signing, older guy um, that you can kind of plug and play. But I love Drake Jackson. The Niners love Drake Jackson. It's difficult going from college game and the draft circuit and combine and all that stuff to the NFL season. And Shanahan even said, you know, he lost his strength as the season went on. He's got to get in better shape. And so – He's got all the tools. I love the kid. He's young. This off is going to be huge for Drake Jackson. He's he's got to build the base to last twenty games because the Niners played deep into the playoffs. Right. And he's got he's got to fix that.
0: So now the, the one of the um the most um well I'm gonna start here first. How do you feel about the San Francisco O line? A few guys left.
1: Yeah, you lost Dan skill, who was kind of your backup of everything. You lost Mike McGlinchey, which was, you know, he got paid huge. Again, love to see people get paid. But again, I'm okay with that because I didn't think the replacement level was that far off. You look back when Mike McGlinchey got hurt, not this year, but last year when they put in Tom Compton, you you didn't miss a beat. Tom Compton, who was like a bottom-tier free agent, who was like 33 years old, stepped in wasn't that much of a drop-off. Now, can Colton McKivitz, who is probably going to be the right tackle currently, step in and kind of take over that role? Or do the Niners value a tackle and go draft a tackle uh, with one of their early picks in this draft? And I think that's probably – it's going to be both, It It's going to be a high draft pick for the 49ers, which would be in the third round, versus Colton McKivitz duking it out for that right tackle spot. Whew. Scary stuff, now we,
0: right? Now we're gonna go to a, a, a very good topic, and I'm pretty sure you could dive into it because so many mixed emotions all over this in the 49er faithful. The QB room, how Uh-oh. do you feel about the Uh-oh. QB room? You got Brock Purdy, you got Trey Lance, you got two guys who are coming off of injuries, and you still have other you know guys out there that you probably can plug in, and you got Sam Donald now in the QB room. Like, what is your raw thoughts on this QB room here?
1: I think that this front office, I, I think a lot of these ideas are not mutually exclusive. Okay. So let me say this number one, the 49ers love, absolutely love Brock Purdy. They love what he did. If he didn't have an injury, I think it would be a seamless transition into next year. Brock would be the guy. Trey would back up, possibly even trade Trey, move on. Who knows? That's not the situation, though. So they love Brock. I'm not saying that. However, the injury has added a lot of drama into this situation, whether they wanted it to or not. So now you have this extra – It's I equate it to playing video games back in the day, where your guy dies, your character dies, and then up on the screen pops, oh, continue, nine, eight, seven, yeah, six, and you yeah, got to hit right. <laughs> start, otherwise and then you can keep playing, right? That's exactly what happened to Trey Lance. Because now – the 49ers can say, man, we'd love Brock, but his injury, he's not going to be cleared until the last week of August. The last week of August, which means the season starts September 10th. There is no way this dude doesn't go through training camp, doesn't go through the preseason, comes in one week before the opening season and starts week one. That is unheard of. No team in the NFL would do that. Like That's just not a real thing, especially when you have Trey Lance sitting there. so." The way I see it, and this is just my opinion, you asked for my raw thoughts, Ryan. That's so like, here great, we go. Correct, correct. Trey Lance gets another shot. And if Trey Lance steps in week one and just freaking takes off, the Niners would be ecstatic. Here's why. No matter how much you love Brock Purdy, and I love Brock Purdy, if he's the quarterback for the next 10 years, I'm very happy. However, there's a reason why Brock Purdy went 262, and there's a reason why Trey Lance went third the raw skills and traits increase the ceiling of production. doesn't mean he'll get there. It's potential just means you haven't done it yet, but you're talking about a guy that's six foot versus a guy that's six five. You're talking about a guy that's 200 versus somebody that's 240. You're talking about somebody with a relatively weak NFL arm and Brock Purdy, who's having surgery on that same arm versus Trey Lance, who has one of the top five arms in the NFL already. So the the traits are there. But can the production mimic the traits and why they traded up to get him? The Niners get to test that out. If he doesn't do well in those first three to four weeks, then I think it's going to be purdy time and the Niners don't look back.
0: And then we have Sam Donald here. So yes. do, do you think Sam Donald in the midst of this injury comes in? I have a lot of people that have been telling me like, he's trash, he's trash, he's trash. You know, he's not good. He's, he was under... um. Whoever's the guy, the, um, the OC in um New York, then he came to Carolina. But he went four and two under Steve Wilkes. That's right. That's right. So now it gives you like a different way or different view of seeing it. And one thing we know about Kyle Shanahan, it seems like he can handle those below average quarterbacks and make them look well in the system that we run. So do you think, Sam Donald is in competition, and maybe it's not just automatically Trey Lance's job. Maybe Sam Donald comes in and plays well. And for people saying, like at USC, he had a strong arm. He just was in some bad situations. So give me your thoughts on Sam Donald.
1: I don't see it as a competition. I see it as an insurance policy more against Brock Purdy than against Trey Lance. Mm. Because, again, the earliest timetable for Brock Purdy is the end of August. If for some reason things don't go well, and two, you don't want to rush Brock Purdy back. What's crazy about this quarterback room, Trey Lance is 22, Brock Purdy's 23, Sam Darnold's 25. These guys are young as hell. They're like <laughs> You've got time to... You don't have to rush anything. And in today's NFL, the fans and the media, it's all like, oh, you got to find out now. You, uh, this guy's a bust. This guy's amazing. But, no, no, no. Trey Lance is 22, man. You got plenty of time. You're all right. Because he still got more time on his rookie deal. So does Brock Purdy. So, I think you bring in Sam Darnold, I don't think it's a competition in training camp. He's there if Trey gets hurt and Brock Purdy's not ready to come back. That that's the way in which I see it. I could be wrong, but you talked about how Kyle Shanahan has done with these backup middle-grade quarterbacks. Well, again, back to the traits. Sam Darnold, great arm, mobility, he's 6'3, 220. He's not Nick Mullins. He's not (laughs) CJ Beathard. He's not (laughs) Brian Hoyer. He's not those guys. He has elite traits, and he's just been on some really bad teams. Now, we'll see. Uh, Like, you have three quarterbacks that you have to be confident in. The only issue is health with Brock Purdy, confidence with Sam Darnold, and just experience with Trey Lance. Like, they have their red flags. I'm not saying they're perfect prospects, but they all have – things the 49ers love they just it's it's kind of like the wizard of Oz like they're all missing one thing right if I only had a brain or if I only whatever these guys that's what it is confidence with Sam Darnold and consistency got to keep Brock Purdy he's got to come back healthy and Trey Lance just needs snaps that's all that it is he once he gets the experience I think he's going to be very successful now I'm gonna give you another
0: one because i seen it on the show on one of your shows a matter of fact one of your reels and this is where we go another Uh-oh. another side of raw thoughts and Uh-oh. everybody in the world is still again i think as fans we don't understand the business legalities of things um if it was a perfect world and a perfect situation would you go after lamar jackson
1: so Okay, Lamar Jackson's incredible. I consider him a top five quarterback in the NFL. Actually, I have him fifth. He's amazing. Um, Having said that, uh, I I think I used the – I don't know if this is the clip (laughs) you're talking about – where I said, yeah, you know what? In a a perfect world, I would be dating Scarlett Johansson. Problem is, (laughs) my wife ain't going to let me. Uh, And Scarlett probably don't want anything to do with me either. (laughs) <laughs> now, once the once the uh Ravens put that franchise tag on them, the Niners could not trade or talk to Lamar Miller even if they wanted to, or Lamar Jackson, even if they yeah. wanted to, because you have to have under the exclusive rights franchise tag, you have to have two first round picks. You have to have a first round pick this year that is at or before your draft position. Niners don't have that. Right. You right. have to have a and then you have to have next year's first round pick. The Niners do have that. So just to enter into the conversation. The you Niners have would have got to you trade something for a first-round pick this year before number 29, and then, then you would have to do an offer sheet to Lamar Jackson. Then the Ravens would have five days to match that offer sheet. There's no way the Niners can do that. We're sitting at like $9 million cap space. Lamar deserves probably $45 million almost guaranteed if you're looking at the quarterback market. Niners couldn't spend that if they wanted to. So if you did do that, you're trading Ayuk. Might have to trade Bosa. I don't know, man. Um, no. so I love him. I wish he was on this team, that'd be incredible, but not at the expense of IU and Bosa and more first round picks,
0: right? And see, and that's what I was saying too, as well. So I like, I knew, and I wanted you to break down why we couldn't get the Jackson, <laughs> not just because fans want him, it's all those barriers. And, and
1: yeah, I want him. It's yeah, just, to, to come get on, across, man.
0: right? 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 And you know, I know his guaranteed contract, he said. Last, it was 133 million, but all of it was guaranteed, so it was about like I want to say 30 or I can't remember. I think it was 40 million guaranteed, but it was for three years. For me, that's still a good deal, but I guess he wants you know more. But all of that money is guaranteed now. You're asking him to try to be in San Francisco, people want him to be in San Francisco, and when you're trying to get him in San Francisco, you got to handle all those situations. It's no way. Do I want him? Yes, I'm the same way, but I know it's gonna be hard. And the thing about the 49ers they got lucky is that they have Ricky quarterbacks on Ricky deals. Yep. So most teams have a quarterback that's on a pretty much a decent paying contract, you know, and it, it's just, it was just something of that nature. So with that being said,
1: if it was a perfect world, who would you want in San Francisco? So I'll say this. I think that there are a few positions that are just so vital. In this Kyle Shanahan offense, uh, and, and again, one of my favorite exercises is like, okay, I want to pick one player off a team, can't be a quarterback, right? And so like you go through, can't be a quarterback, this is what I want. Can't be a quarterback, this is what I want. I want a stud center. I know we just signed Jake Brindle to a very low value deal, $4 million a year for four years. That's awesome. Man, I would love to get somebody like Creed Humphrey, if I could have one guy, the center for the Kansas City Chiefs, and just solidify that offensive line. I just I want to see it because I want a stud center in front of these young quarterbacks to develop. It's not sexy, but I'm telling you right now, if I could have Creed Humphrey on this team, oh, my gosh. It, I would have so much more faith in the quarterbacks moving forward just because I know they'd be protected. Yeah, nah, that's definitely that's – that's a key thing to
0: me. The offensive line is definitely the heart of the team, especially for the QBs, because we did not seen so many injuries from QBs from Trey Lynch to yeah. Garoppolo several times. Then we seen Brock Purdy. I get hurt feel- watching them, man. <laughs> hey, it's rough. It's rough. Steve Wilks, the new D.C. defensive coordinator. How do you feel about what he's going to bring, the impact? He, has some, he had a, a good ending in Carolina, but just Carolina just didn't decide to bring him back.
1: I Yeah, I think that they made a huge mistake there. Not that I don't like Frank Reich. I, I, he's a great coach, whatever. Steve Wilks went 4-2 and, and almost got that team in the freaking playoffs and won the division with right. scraps. And you <laughs> moved on from him. That's a terrible choice, but their loss, the 49ers game. You look at the people that Steve Wilkes has been around. It's incredible list. Luke Kuechly, Brian Urlacher, Sean Taylor. I mean, Mm. Charles P. Tillman. I mean, you can go on and on and on. It's incredible. But on top of that, this is the first time the 49ers have had a defensive coordinator that is not linebacker focused. Okay, So if you look at Robert Sala, linebacker's coach his whole career before he became D.C., you look at Tomiko Ryans, he played linebacker, linebacker's coach, became D.C. Now we're getting a focus on the defensive backs. That's Wilk's entire background, which is huge because we have the linebackers. I think the 49ers have the best linebacking core in the NFL. They do, they do. I mean, Drake Greenlaw and Fred Warner. Right, hands down. those two guys would have been the two all-pro linebackers last year, it would have been fine. Like, nobody would – everybody would have said, yeah, all right, I get it. Um, So you have this strong leadership at the line, but Fred's going to hold that room down. Like, I'm not even worried about it. Now you get to focus a little bit more on the back end, the back four or five if we're in nickel protection, and I think that's huge. And I think the number one player that's going to gain the most from this move is Talano Hufunga, who is an all-pro in his freaking second year in the NFL – I'm very excited. I, I think that the sky is the limit for this kid, and I, I'm so pumped to see what uh, Tala Noah can do this year.
0: Oh, man. So that that right there just said everything in a nutshell for me with um Steve Wills. And right now, so you're saying you're, Fred Warner's going to be premised going to run the locker room when it comes to linebackers. We have the back end. We have the front end. You know, what is next to San Francisco? Who do you think San Francisco should draft? With that pick, who's a guy you've been keeping your eye on for college football?
1: You know, they they don't pick until much later. They got picks 99, 101, and 102. So you got three picks in the third round, uh, you know, really, really close to each other. I really want an edge, a tackle, and if a tight end falls. This is an amazing tight end class. It's really, really, really good. So if you could get a guy, a defensive edge guy, you know, I, I don't know if he's going to fall. The Forty ers met with him. Byron Young, um, he's out of Tennessee. There's two Byron Youngs in this draft, which is weird. One out of Alabama defensive tackle, one out of Tennessee. But he's just a speed guy. I would absolutely love to add him as just a premier edge guy. Just uh, He just comes in on pass at rush down. It's kind of like what we did with D. Ford. That's what I want. Super hot name for offensive tackles, Blake Blake Freeland. I think he makes a lot of sense um, out of BYU. But I think somebody like Awanya Morris out of OU, I think he makes a little bit more sense with the value where the Niners are picking. So there's options there. Um, It's going to be a fun draft, man. Every year is fun. And you know we've got a lot of picks. 11, we'll see where they spend them on. But Edge is going to be one of those first picks, guaranteed.
0: Is this a Super Bowl of Bus year for the 49ers? With this team coming back, being in the NFC Championship three years in a row. Well, no, two two years in a row. Three out they, of four, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, the COVID year, they didn't make the playoffs. But, you know, three out of four years, one year Super Bowl, one year lost to the Rams. This year we lost to Philly. So do you think we need a strong start to get number one seed? Because last year we didn't have a strong – we didn't have a strong start for the last two seasons. And yeah, we still ended up getting the playoffs. You know, I think we had the seventh seed – the year before we went to the Rams and we played on the Barely. road. Right, right, right. Then, <laughs> then we had the two seed this season. So do we need that strong start to, like, to get to where we need to go in? And can we go to the Super Bowl with these young quarterbacks?
1: Yes, you can. Uh, yeah, you can go to the Super Bowl. I don't see this as a Super Bowl or bust year because you've got these guys locked up. You, you've got Kittle, Armstead, Warder. Trent, Debo, I mean, Chris you got him locked up for several years moving forward. I think that in this, there's a Super Bowl window that's wide open for three years from right now. So 2023, 24, and 25, I think that's the huge Super Bowl window. And again, when you have a quarterback that is so young, Trey Lance 22, Brock Purdy 23, you've got time to figure things out. Could they win the Super Bowl this year? Sure. The roster, the coaching, it's all good enough. You're going to need some things to click. But it is so hard to win a Super Bowl, and everything has to go your way. And if you don't have a guy named Patrick Mahomes behind your quarterback, (laughs) then you've got to have some stuff go your way. That's just what it is. I mean, you look at the Eagles. They were completely healthy the entire year, and they went into the playoffs completely healthy, and they still couldn't get it done. And they played against terrible. They had a bye then they played against the the Giants, Giants, right? Ugh, yuck! Then they played against a, a team with no quarterbacks, Correct. and they walked into the Super Bowl, and it didn't matter because good old Patrick Mahomes took them to the woodshed with not that much supporting cast. Right. So you've got to have things go your way. It's not as easy as Super Bowl or bust. And I understand why fans and you know the media wants to say things like that. I don't see that at at all Um, because this is a team that is built to be successful for the long haul currently. That's just the way they're drafting and paying their players. I know
0: you got to get ready to go, but I got one more question. Um, Do we see Kyle Shanahan having a stint like Bill
1: Belichick for the Patriots? I I think he's close to it. I think the difference is – and, again, I'm I'm glad you brought up Bill Belichick because he has done absolutely nothing (laughs) without Tom Brady before (laughs) and after, like, Nothing. He's below <laughs> 500. He's done nothing. I think he's a lot closer to Andy Reed. People okay. forget Andy uh. Reed went to, I think it was four consecutive NFC championships with we'll the, Eagles, the Eagles. Yeah. He never won one. Um, He had to get in the best quarterback in the NFL before he could cross that line. And I love what Shanahan did. Don't be complacent with Jimmy G. I love Jimmy G. He got you the Super Bowl. I get it. Why did they lose? They didn't have a stud quarterback. Is Trey Lance a stud quarterback? I don't know, but we do know Jimmy Garoppolo is not a top five quarterback in this league, and he's not going to be. That's not a negative thing. It's just I love that Kyle Shanahan's not sitting there and just saying, you know what, we can just keep doing what we're doing with Jimmy G. Let's just keep rolling the dice, and we'll just be good for a long time. I love the fact that he's being greedy, and I love that they traded up. It may not have worked out. But I want a front office that is not content with just getting there. I want a front office and a coaching staff that is willing to do the crazy stuff to go and get that damn ring. And I have the utmost confidence eventually we'll get there, Um, upset with the way the big games have gone. But it's not for being complacent, and it's not for being aggressive, which I think the 49ers are doing a good job of.
0: And with that being said, man, John, we know you're busy. You got other people. You got other Autographs to give out, giving hugs, <laughs> kissing babies and stuff, man. So uh <laughs> with the 49ers Rest Podcast. So um John, plug yourself in, man. Let everybody know where they can find you
1: Yeah, uh, most active on Twitter at JL underscore Chapman. Um, And just type in 49ers Rush. We go live on YouTube about five, six times a week. Um, We do all kinds of stuff. So just type in 49ers Rush wherever you watch or listen or download your podcast. Give us a shout out uh, and let us know Ryan sent you. And, yeah, man, let's just keep building that community. Ryan, you're doing a heck of a job. This was fun, man. I I really (laughs) enjoyed this, so I appreciate the time. <laughs> thank you man
0: thank you and with that being said y'all already know to find me on all podcast plat- platforms subscriptions on um, apple apple iHeartRadio. you know google podcast spotify you already know it's at youtube instagram facebook here we are you already know what time it is with that being said raw mind raw thoughts is out